Thank you. Welcome to Schmears the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman here with Jake Seawalk. Jake, where are we today? We are at Murray's Bagels in Chelsea, located in between 22nd and 23rd on 8th Avenue. Just on the right side here. In today's episode, we're going to talk to Norman, who's manager here. Pretty excited about that. Then we're going to have our recurring segment, Mention Schmuck of the Week. We're going to talk about Deadpool. Then we're going to break down an interesting topic that Jake brought up, actually, which is why aren't kids reading as much as they used to? And I guess, does it matter or not? Does it matter? We'll have our final toast, and then we'll get out of here. Um, just a quick reminder, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Toss us some reviews. It's very helpful. And now I'd just like to introduce Norman, who very graciously has invited us into his Murray's Bagels home. I could say, Norman, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much. He also actually super loaded our bagel, which Jake is eating right now. It has... Pretty, it's it's a great bagel. We're gonna do a breakdown of the bagel and then the bake uh, the bagel locks and schmear like we normally do, and then the bagel with baked salmon salad in our second segment. But Norman, I guess I just right off the bat, what sets Murray's apart? Well, we uh, we use the finest ingredients. Uh, we use local where we can. Uh, we are. Our bagels are made from only unbleached, un- unbromated flour, which is, which is a more natural way of wh- making bagels. Uh, we use molasses, malt, uh, no sugar in our product. So uh, our, ba- it, our bagel costs more to make. But it's a much better product than you're going to get just about any place else. And... and we were at Zucker's Bagels two weeks ago, and uh, we were chatting with uh, two friends of ours, Matt Pomerantz and Dan Pace, and, and you know them very well. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with them. Uh, they are actually the owners of Murray's also, uh, um, two of the finest men out there. Why don't you tell us a little bit of, I guess, your history with the bagel business and the deli business you were telling me a little bit about before and how you ended up at Murray's? I started out over 30 years ago. After I graduated from college at Carnegie Deli, I opened up stores with them. It's a staple. Up, yeah, up and down the East Coast. Uh, are you in, are you a New Yorker? Yes, I am. Grew up in Bayside. Awesome. Went to school at NYU. My father was in the deli business. My grandfather was in the deli business, and uh, I guess I follow followed in line. What's your favorite aspect of it? Just people. Just uh, whether it be employees or customers, you meet such a diverse group of people in the food industry. It's truly amazing. So we're sitting at Murray's. We're in, I guess, the seated area, which is there are a number of tables. I was sort of blown away or have been since I've been sitting here at how many young kids are here. It seems like a real nice big community. Do you see a lot of the same customers? There's a gentleman with his two daughters behind us. I see him every morning here, 6.30, 7 o'clock for <laughs> breakfast. Great. I see him on the weekends. Uh, most customers come in here. They know the staff. They know me. We're a neighborhood place. We also uh, get a lot of the tourists, a lot of uh, from all over the world, from Europe, from Asia. They all know about our bagels and locks. So talking about that, where do you source your locks from, and what, in you, what is your favorite sandwich? If you could have, I guess, only one thing from here, what would you get? 
we source our fish products come from Acme Smoke, Smoke Fish in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite sandwich is what we call our traditional. It's what which Nick is, just bit into. Which is our Smoke Nova, cream cheese, tomatoes, onions, and capers, and nothing nothing better to have it on than an everything bagel like you guys are That's eating. That's your favorite right. bagel? Oh, without a doubt. What's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite schmear? I'm a traditional type of guy and will go with, actually I shouldn't say that. The if I'm not having the smoked fish, I you, I put I smear it with vegetable cream cheese. Interesting. Unbelievable. What, what is it about it that you like? Uh, it's just the the unique taste of the peppers, the the broccoli. Uh it's it's just an amazing sandwich. G- going back to the traditional when you're thinking about the different tastes that are going into it. What are you trying to think of when you're composing the quote-unquote perfect bagel? The perfect bagel is that crispy outside, the the warm, dense inside. The key to our bagels are definitely the crispy outside. There's not many places in New York. So I'm a big – we've talked about this before on the show and – long-time listeners of a couple of months will understand. I talk about the ratio a lot of the crunch to the chewiness to the creaminess and then to the, I guess, saltiness of the locks. And what do you guys do with the bagel specifically to get that crispiness? Or is that a secret? It is a trade secret, but like I was telling you before. Because there are, just so you know, there are owners that have tweaked recipes, not recipes of of schmear specifically based on some of our interviews. So if you don't want to... Let it go. Let, it's don't, not, but. not not my place to say, but <laughs> I will tell you all our bagels, our flour is all unbleached, unbromated, and there's not many places in New York using unbleached, unbromated yep. flour because one of, of the cost factor. One of our favorite questions is the exact opposite of what your favorite bagel is. It's it's. Have you ever been standing behind that counter and you've heard a bagel order so ridiculous that you kind of thought to yourself, you know what? Like, what is this person doing? Actually, earlier today, it's a perfect example. <laughs> Someone ordered a cinnamon raisin, oh boy, with uh, Nova on it, <laughs> and I said, "Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. I, I have to ask you: Are you sure you want that cinnamon raisin?" And I actually, he says, I, "I'm from out of state. I'm not a big bagel eater." I said, "Do me a favor. Take the." <laughs> Everything bagel, and God's honest truth today, take the everything bagel. If you don't want cream cheese, let me give you a little cream cheese on the side. <laughs> just to and try to, it. Just to try it. And about five, ten minutes later, I come back up front here. He's sitting in the window right there eating, and I see him smearing the cream cheese. He says, this is the best thing I ever <laughs> had. So... First of all, thank you very much for waiting. I know you got up very early. You were here at 2 a.m., is that? Uh, actually, today a little later. Okay. I was here by 3.30. Okay. But So thank you very much for staying with us. What If if you could just give us for uh, many of our listeners have never worked in a bagel store, never had, and have no idea what that sort of day looks like. As a manager, what is what is your day like? When you get here at 3.30, what are you prepping? What do you see? What's going on? Basically, what I'm doing is setting my staff up so that they succeed, making sure... Uh, prep lists are done for the catering, for the back of the house, uh, doing a walkthrough while no one's here to 
to, you know, interrupt you. Right. Um, but uh, the, the bi- my biggest, the key to my job is basically making sure my staff is prepared to do their jobs properly. And what is, if coming into Murray's, I guess, let's say someone has never been here before. If they're coming here, we know you say get the traditional, but is there something else you guys have that you really like or that you think sets you apart that you would recommend getting? Well, you know what? Um, Obviously, my background is a deli background. We serve some of the finest pastrami in New York. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. We serve some of the finest corned beef in New York. Uh, All our salads are made fresh daily. Our turkey, we use only, we, we roast our own turkey, fresh roasted turkey breast. We roast our own br- roast beef. Nothing is brought in prepared from the outside. And that's from our sauce for our pickled herring. Okay. To uh, just about everything you see on that counter is prepared in-house here. As someone that is, I guess, a many generational deli man, what has changed or not changed in those generations that you're seeing with especially now coming to a place like Murray's? What what is the difference? Is there a different food culture? What do you what do you sort of see? People are looking to eat healthy. Whether they really are or not, that's one thing. Yeah, with bagels but, it's a little tough right. sometimes. But you know what? Even you take a turkey sandwich. Oh, give me extra mayonnaise on right. it. Right. Oh, could you put extra cheese on that turkey sandwich? (laughs) But I want to be healthy. Right, exactly. (laughs) But they're eating the turkey. You know what? But that's the biggest change in the deli, in the uh, in the the deli bagel. But people want to eat healthy. Right. Um, Whether it be our our health bagels or our flats, which we make, which are wheat and half the size and you guys you guys have gluten-free options now yes right? we do that's a that seems to be a big trend in in it, the it bagel is. business i don't well. think that it's been perfected yet right there's no crispiness to it right which uh, is tough yeah it really hasn't been perfected yet but i'm sure down the road in time it will be as someone that i guess has been to a number of different places you're now you're now at murray's is there something that really sets any bagel store apart, like uh, almost the most important starter thing? Like, what do you have to, does it, the most important thing in not just bagel store, any food business, is customer service and creating an atmosphere for the customer uh, wanting to come in and just to, to feel like they're a part of it. And that's not only in a bagel store. That's whatever food business you're in. That's, that's probably the biggest key. Realize, also, it's keeping a clean store. People eat with their eyes. Right. Before they taste, they see. So, right. Well, that makes sense. Uh, well, with that, I think we're going to see and eat a little more of this store. So we're going to go to break really quickly. Uh, we will be back with our mentioned schmuck of the week and a review of Deadpool. Norman, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, guys. All right, we'll Anytime. Be, we'll be right back. This is Schmears the Deal. I think a rotisserie is like a really morbid Ferris wheel for chickens. It's a very scary piece of machinery. We will take the chicken, impale it, and then rotate it. And I'll be damned if I'm not hungry. Because spinning chicken carcasses make my mouth water.
Welcome back to Schmears the Deal. I'm still Jake Seawalk. I believe he's still Nick Feynman. Last time I checked. L- yeah. Might have to do um, a dr- quick driver's license check. We, we're, we're still at Murray's Bagels in between 22nd and 23rd and 8th. And, and we're uh, having in we're having a pretty great having time. a good time. Had a good chat we're, with Norman. We are. We're, so we're sort of. We mentioned this during the Norman interview, but we are sitting in, I guess, like the seating area. We're right in front of. We're in like this white corner. We're in the nice, a nice corner seated area. We're looking out. They have a counter at the front, which is where we've done some of our interviews. But today we're a little further back. And this is so. Right now we have our recurring sh- segment. Mention schmuck of the week. Mitch, Mitch. I think a Mitch is like a superhero. Those were the days when I was just a poor schmuck. They're looking at him like, what a schmuck. Alrighty, so I have Mench yeah, this week. Yeah, lead us off. My Mench this week is not human. I, is this our first non-human Mench? Yes, because I, we've had a non We had the dodo bird right. as the schmuck, but that was this a schmuck. This is also a bird. Interesting. It's a South American penguin. Oh, I saw this. Did you see this? Yeah. So, a couple of years ago... A penguin was covered in oil on the coast of Brazil. A retired fisherman cleaned him off, nursed him back to health, couldn't get the penguin to leave. Penguin wouldn't leave. Finally, it molted. It left out of nowhere. He was sad. Everyone said he would never see it again. Then it came back. He was on the beach one day. The penguin came back, followed him around, came back to his house, like slept in his lap, did stuff like that. It left again. Everyone said it would never come back. Four months later, it was back again. This penguin spends, who is our Mensch of the Week, spends eight months of the year with a retired fisherman in Brazil, then four months breeding off the coast of Argentina, and then yeah. comes back every comes year. Comes back every year. What a Mensch. What a Mensch. And, and with that, I want a penguin for a pet, so that would, if I could get one of those. Now, my Schmuck of the Week has a bird name. Really? Goose Gossage. <laughs> nice transition. Uh he, gave, he went on a little <laughs> bit of a tirade in an interview with ESPN. Honestly, I don't know if this makes him a schmuck, but well, it definitely does. He may be right, but he's still a schmuck. I'm just gonna with, a, with a first name like that. I'm going to read some quotes from this interview. Uh, he's talking about Jose Bautista here. Bautista is a fucking disgrace to the game. He's embarrassing to all the Latin players <laughs> who ever played before him, throwing his bat and acting like a fool. Then he went on uh, to talk. <laughs> he made this quote. Uh, when talking about sabermetrics and sabermetricians. The game is becoming a freaking joke because of the nerds who are running it. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what happened. These guys played rotisserie baseball at Harvard or wherever the fuck they went, and they thought they figured out the fucking game. They don't know shit. A bunch of fucking nerds running the game. You can't slide into second base. You can't take out the fucking catcher because Buster Posey was in the wrong position. (laughs) And they're going to change all the rules. You can't pitch inside anymore. I'd like to knock some of these fuckers on their ass and see how they would do against pitchers in the old days. Yeah, he sounds like a schmuck. Uh, So that's our schmuck. That's my schmuck of the week. So basically he's just against anyone doing things in a smart way. He's just against the new baseball. The new baseball. Which All right. I don't even know if it's that new. Anyways, let's uh, let's talk about the bagels a little bit. So we didn't get yeah. to talk about it with Norman. Uh, we had today. We can, had. Can I propose something? Sure. So, I propose that, that we start breaking it down a little bit more specifically. Okay, this seems like something you should have proposed off the air, but I'm I know. Down. But let's I wanted to propose it on air because I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to catch you a little off guard with it. Okay. Uh, what do you? Think? How do you mean? Well, there are. Th- I, as far as I'm concerned, shout out to Jerome Barnes for that backwards. There sentence. are. Three aspects to the bagels. 
Yes. <laughs> Schmear bagels. Quite objectively. Schmear bagels, bagels and locks. Schmear bagels and locks. And I'm going to hear. Is that sabermetrics or is that a. Yeah. <laughs> this bagel, is a. Bagel sabermetrics. Goose Gossage would not be into our new method of breaking down bagels. So what. So. Give me some specifics. The, the only reason why I say that now is because for me, and we, we were just talking about this a little bit during the break, I think that the bagel and the schmear were very good, but I thought the fish wasn't quite as so, good. So that's well, why I just suggest for, breaking For those of you listening for the first time or that are listeners that don't know where this is, on schmearsadeal.com we have a ranking system of the best bagel and locks in New York City. And the reason why it is bagel and locks is because my friend Tom, who does academic research, told us after our first couple of shows that we are idiots and we weren't getting the same thing at the same at every place, so we couldn't possibly rank something. So we started getting the same thing, which was a same bagel, thing. bagel, scallion cream cheese, everything bagel, everything scallion bagel, cream scallion cream cheese. cream cheese, and locks, and we're no, ranking no it locks. like that. So in that, we were just talking about this with this bagel, which was very good. I thought we have it ranked at number five. On the top ten yeah, list, I think we which, agree with that. which I think is pretty good, directly below Pick a Bagel, which I've gotten some flack for, by the way. People said Pick a Bagel isn't that good. People said the same. I, you know what my response is? Go Just go to it. Go it's try. So it. good. It was great. <laughs> it was very good. Uh, and 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 you have and I would say go to that Pick a Bagel specifically. Right. So the one on, the one on third so the reason why for me this wasn't higher is because and and, and so, and so norman, break it down a little more so norman said they do get all they get their fish from acme like a lot of other places and we've do. Tr- we've had but, a lot of acme but that fish. said a lot of places have their fish smoked in very specific ways from acme it's not all just you know uh, big pieces of fish that everyone's getting right. the same uh same purchasing from and so that's that's what for me i thought was was slightly weaker here i thought that the fish was a little fishy a little salty and and, and so I thought that was the weakest component of the bagel. Interesting. I, th- I thought the schmear was great. I thought the bagel was very good. Agreed on both fronts. I was a big fan of it. I get the fish was was a little fishy. I will say for me, I mentioned this during the interview, but the ratio was really good here. Good crunch, good chewiness. All great. I mean, it was w- good. When we're talking, when I'm, I'm, being, I'm also being it's beaten a number. It I, beat a number of places. I'm being we've, we've very picky already, here. I mean, it right. was a very very good bagel, one hundred percent. And it's, I, we're, it's, we're getting very very critical. Right now, right, and it's and it's also ahead of many very good places on that list at this point. But I, I would say I probably on my personal list I would rank it a little higher. Our top ten is sort of a combination of Jake and my feelings on it. I have a feeling after a little while, especially if Barney Barney Greengrass is number one right now. If Barney Greengrass gets upended, I have a feeling Jake might try to kill, like might try to off me hey, and take the franchise hey, for himself. I love Barney Greengrass. I would love to, <laughs> I would love nothing more than for a bagel to beat Barney Greengrass that's, because that's that, sort of what we're searching because for. Because that means that I just had an unbelievably good right. bagel. So I'd be more than happy. What do you think of this uh, smoked salmon salad? I think it's very good. I, I like it more so than So we the, also have this on an everything bagel. Yeah, it's just really flavorful. I, I liked baked salmon a lot. So super, super delicious. Not too salty and really flaky, delicious, tender. Uh, I personally fish. like this more than the whitefish salad. I would say I do too, and and for the exact reason Norman was saying, which is that it's uh it's not quite as salty as the whitefish salad. Also, Norman told us. I, I wish he had told us during the interview, but <laughs> Norman told us afterwards he had a whitefish salad sandwich named after him. It was called the Norman's Delight. The Norman's Delight, which is an amazing name. I for now a bagel. have a new goal, which is getting a bagel sandwich named Nick's after Delight. me, or just after you in general. Just after me, maybe the Nick. Anyway. Let's move on to Deadpool. Let's move on to Deadpool. So, the Oscars are done, but 
we really liked reviewing movies, and we'll do TV shows. Maybe we'll do we'll House do of Cards TV in a couple shows, weeks. Maybe when an album every now and then. We'll sure. just we'll review a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So let's talk about Deadpool. What did you think of the movie? I personally so, loved so it. So I'll, I'll recap it a little bit. Absolutely. It's starring Ryan Reynolds. Uh, it's been in development purgatory for about 10 years. I did not know that. That's a movie background thing. Finally got made. It is about the Marvel character Deadpool, which was owned by Fox. And he exists in the X-Men universe. And Do those universes matter anymore at all? It does, because I think that you'll see uh, Deadpool crossover with X-Men eventually. With X-Men? Okay. So the premise of the movie is Wade Wilson, who is played by Ryan Reynolds, uh, is, is diagnosed with all sorts of cancer, and in order right. to cure him, they put him under this program, and he develops the same sort of healing powers that Wolverine has. So he can heal very, 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 very quickly. He can take bullet wounds and heal immediately. And he becomes sort of a mercenary. They call him the Merc with a Mouth <laughs> because <laughs> he's very, very uh, vulgar language. Yeah, and he's, he's funny. He's he basically captivating. kills everyone in his path in an attempt to get revenge on the person that did the experiments on him. And that's Deadpool. That's Deadpool. Very basic premise made for something that's much more it, interesting it, than that. It made waves for being the first R-rated superhero movie. That's what it's uh, notorious for being. And, and boy, did it earn that R-rating. Boy, did it earn very graphic violence, very graphic language. Uh, what'd you think? Do you like it? I liked it a lot. I didn't know what to expect. I'm not the biggest superhero movie fan. I think they're, a lot of them are pretty superficial, not to be that guy. But there, a lot of what we've talked about in movies, we both like the writing, the pacing. The be- that's that's sort of a lot of the times left by the wayside for for action or for other things. I did not think that was true in this case. I thought it was the pacing was obviously very fast, but that's sort of kind of the point of it. The premise I thought was really well, but that that is the point of it's it's quick, it's yeah. vulgar, it's, it's very vulgar, it's fun, it's a lot of fun, and it I yeah. love the opening sequence, and I thought the opening sequence really captured that, where it's basically it's him killing a bunch of people, and it's slow mos and has yeah. some cool subtitles and stuff like that. I thought that it was good, not great. I thought that it was a little bit overhyped. I think that it's just getting it's getting overhyped simply because it's different. Right. And I think that Ryan Reynolds is a fine actor. I think that this was, I don't know, he, there's something about him that comes across as, I don't know if it's arrogant or. But that was the whole point of this character. I thought he was the perfect character for this role. Yeah, he was I mean, it's just, I think that after. In the same way, what was his last superhero movie? Because this isn't his first the superhero. Green Lantern. Yeah, he was the Green Lantern. He sucked in that role. Yeah. He was great in this, I thought. He, he was very good, but. I don't know. I just think that after 90 minutes, the character... I think that this was a movie that should have been a... Yeah, it should have been ...tight 90-minute movie. Yeah. And it wasn't, and it, sh- it should have been shorter, and I don't know. I just think that that kind of character can... It can really... It can it grates on you more and more as the movie goes on, and do I think it went on a little bit too Do you too think long. that... And this is along those lines. Do you think the movie tried too hard? And that's what I, that's what I think. I, I do think that it tried too hard. I think that if had they let it come... More nat- a little bit more naturally, I think that it could have been a little better. And don't get me wrong, I'm just I'm being very critical again. I did like the movie; I enjoyed right, it. I had right, a fun right. time with it. I just think that they tried too hard and it went too long, and it weakened the whole thing as a result. Do you think? And another another question, I guess, which occurred to me while I was thinking about this movie: 
do you think we're saturated with superheroes at this point? There are so many superhero movies. I know they're yeah, popular, and the, but, but I'm just be, curious. To be fair, they're not really, <coughs> at least Marvel isn't, and and Fox aren't introducing characters nearly at, as at at as quickly of a rate as they used to. I think well, well, the only new character Fox plans on releasing is Gambit with Channing Tatum next year, and I think they're just working on building the franchises they currently have. But at have. the same... Okay, but you have all the original superhero movies. You have the separate superhero continuation movies, the sequels, are, and then you have the group them. movies, like Avengers and... So there are a lot. I, the thing is that I was a huge comic book... I was a, a big lot of comic people book are. fan a lot when of I was younger, are. and... Or if you're a cartoon fan, a lot of these play... Right, I, and things. I watched cartoons when I came home after school every day when I was younger. And so, like, for me, I, there's no oversaturation because I like okay. all of them. Uh, when You know, when I was growing up, I would watch Batman cartoons, <laughs> and I would watch... Yeah, actually, with uh, Sam Van Dorn. We used to watch Batman cartoons most afternoons. Shout out to Sam Van Dorn. And uh, we'd watch Spider-Man cartoons, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, for me, it's okay. All right. All right, well... What would you give it out of 10? I would give it an 8. I like that. I like that for enjoyability. For enjoyability only, I'd give it an eight. I, I mean, seven, seven and a half. Maybe. And I and I would I would see it again. And then, at I least of the movies we reviewed, I, I would wait. I would see it again if it popped up on HBO or something. You wouldn't no purchase. I don't think I would purchase it either. No, I if I had, I wouldn't purchase it. Free access. If it's on Netflix or something, I could see it. I could see it. You want to? Uh, you want to review the first couple episodes of House of Cards next week? Sure. I yeah, absolutely. I think I think yeah, I think we could do one through four, through four. Or, whatever, or whatever it is. So we're we're anti-spoiler on the show, but Very at a certain point, but at a certain point you got to watch the first four episodes. You got to watch the first four. All right, we'll four. do that next week. And I think we'll move on to a break. When we come back, we are going to break down why kids are no longer reading as much and whether or not it matters in our opinion. We'll be right back. This is Schmears the Deal. 84-year-old media mogul Rupert Murdoch this week proposed to 59-year-old former model Jerry Hall. Hall said yes because she didn't feel like standing in line for Powerball tickets. Welcome back to Schmears the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman here with Jake Seawalk. We are at Murray's Bagels. We've had our bagel course. We've moved on to the dessert course. We got some rugelach. What do you uh, let's let's take a little bite? Very good. I think we're eating different kinds. Possibly, it seems I have a blackberry of some sort. I think, I think mine is raisin and cinnamon. Mine's very good. And I will nuts. Say. I would recommend it here. We've really had the full it meal honestly treatment. Honestly, is more like a strudel than it is like a rugelach, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. All right. Well, let's move on to, mm. I guess, our deeper dive topic. This is something that I'm particularly interested in. So we, we Jake brought up the idea of talking about our kids, kids that are growing up, are they reading as much well, as they used to? First, I just asked the question. Like, very honestly, are they reading as much? And so then we right. did a little bit more research, and the answer is no. Right. And the, and the next obvious question is, does that matter? So, so, let, so let's well start with the stats. So when we looked into this, there was a study done recently by Common Sense Media, which actually my girlfriend's mom works for. Oh. If you didn't know that. I, I did not know that. Didn't, didn't tell you that. Shout out to April Delaney. How are you doing, April? <laughs> and this study is, she, is she a listener? We're going to find out whether well, or not she contacts right. me after this. <laughs> so they, their study showed that nearly half of 17-year-olds who they polled 
say they read for pleasure no more than one or two times a year, if that. So they maybe, you know, a Harry Potter book will come out or the new Hunger Games or whatever, and they will dig into that, and that's them reading for pleasure. Right. Everything else is for school. Every, they still obviously read, but they don't read books in their spare time. Right. So that was the answer to Jake's question. Yes, reading is on the decline. There was also there was a study that showed that parents aren't reading to kids as much anymore. Yep. Which I thought was interesting. And then I wanted to look at it and see if it was just kids or if it was everyone. So I, did, right. I, I dove a little bit into that. And you are seeing a little bit of a decline overall, but it is stronger a stronger decline with kids than it is with adults. And that makes sense. Kids it are more with the tech with technology in general. I was about to sound like a real old guy. With the technology, they kids kids are doing other things. They're on TV and net their computer games now. There are other there are other ways to apply yourself than just to read. Right. And so and so that really is the is I think the actual question, which is does it is it a bad thing that kids are reading less? And so on, a, we'll dive deeper into it. But on face value, do you think it's a bad thing? At first, my initial gut reaction w- was yes, it is absolutely a bad thing. And then I kind of realized that that's probably just because the only reason that was my gut instinct is because I read so much when I was younger. Right. And as did I. And just because, just because that's not what's happening now, doesn't necessarily make that a bad thing. Is the is the conclusion I came to. I think that the the actual as long as your children and kids are being stimulated are being mentally stimulated and learning and thinking exactly and and like and being challenged critically think challenged with critical thinking i think it's totally fine it's just harder to then measure that because it because you know reading well, think, is a very I measurable we'll know, thing. I think we'll know in a number of years when more and more kids that <laughs> no. just people aren't as smart. Yeah, if they're I mean, if, yeah. if test scores drop or if I, I think or I also this is a little bit of a side tangent, but I think it's going to be interesting as our generation grows older who have had cell phones since we were my, young. My reading well, wait, is whoa, 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 but hold on. Well, but our ge- ed- but our generation our generation as we get older are we going to have are there going to be more eye problems are there going to be more sicknesses associated to looking at bright screens the whole time I mean even even since I started working full time out out of school I get headaches sometimes from looking at yeah, screens to too much headaches. and I I never did before do do you find that you read as much now I don't say I don't read for pleasure at all I can't I don't have time I read so much in my job and How, consuming would you say you read more or less than five books a year for pleasure. Less. I, I, I'd actually say it's probably around five. I wish it were more. I wish it, I love reading. But at a certain point, there's only so much yeah, consuming I was, my brain When I was take. doing research, I actually was surprised at what, at how much the average adult reads. And I don't know if that's... How much, how much do you read? I probably read somewhere between eight and 12 books a year. But I also find that I read them in very short spurts. Uh, like, for instance last year in 2015 when I, I went to Hawaii for a week and well on vacation is different that's a time I really don't I don't think it's those. different I mean it counts towards the year I, mean, I think I read like six books in, in a week when I was there and so and then probably a book or two books throughout the entire rest of the year and so that's how it works for me I I, I, I find similarly to you that I almost I just don't have as much time throughout the rest and of also the year. I read newspapers every day Yes, and I do that. I read a lot of business, and exactly. So it's it's not like I'm not reading, but is there? I wonder if there's going to be a creativity issue with it because for me at least, fantasy novels, uh, Harry Potter, 
the Aragon series. Those were things growing up that really inspired I loved Aragon. Me too, man. But they really they really inspired me. And it's not Totally. But 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 let me Does does but do But but all right, so does Dora the Explorer have the same impact? I I think that Dora well you're comparing I think the problem is that you're comparing that's the, it's it's the thing is that you you can can you have to compare you have to look at them against each other because right. one's replacing the other but it's simultaneously comparing apples to oranges and also I think that you know something like but Dora the Explorer is fine a what little uh, bit of a younger whatever well, whatever they like, how about something like Aragon versus the Game of Thrones TV show right and and now you're talking about something very different where I think that someone can actually be stimulated and inspired by something like Game of Thrones. It's like a really captivating universe. Yeah, and that's and how a lot of murderers, I'm sure, will be created. Whoa. Whoa. Like everyone dies every tw- 10 seconds in that in that show. I yeah, love right. the show. Hunger Games is about a bunch of kids killing each other. Yeah, okay, dude. fair. fair. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Harry Potter is a bunch of kids also, also oh, going after uh, each going other. Going after each other. So, I don't know. I think that <laughs> I think that here's where I think that there's an actual problem and where there's a real gap is I think that there's a real gap in stimulating programming directly for teenagers and well, just so directly for teenagers. So you I think, think kids are fine? Kids have plenty of stuff still? I think kids have a lot of genuinely stimulating TV computer games, computer games and movies, things that will actually... Did you ever play Zumbinis? Zumbinis? No. That might have been. I might have only played it because my sister. The Zoominis was an incredible game, but it was an educational computer game. And that, when I was thinking about this, I and I, I agree with you. I think there's plenty of stuff for kids. The teenager I think part is the interesting. Nothing. I think that you look at movies like I, because I think that reading, no matter if it's crappy writing, can still be mentally stimulating. The problem and, is, and like, if you end up as a writer, all the things you've read. Basically influence how right. you write every. If day. you look at something like, uh, what was the, one with Shaylee, Insurgent, yeah, like that's n- not that's nothing. That's a nothing movie. Right. That's a two-hour waste of time and money. What I I just don't think that there's enough out there that's really really specifically targeted at teenagers. That is good. I think that there's a lot targeted at them. I think it's by and large waste product. Interest and a lot of marketing and a lot of things that. Yeah, aren't helpful. Like there was a movie that came out. You probably didn't even hear about it. Called the Fifth Wave. Did not hear about. I it. I think th- doesn't sound like something I would see. I didn't see it because it looked like literally the most atrocious movie ever. <laughs> but it's one of the one of these YA movies that's just absolute garbage. Well, but so are like the Twilight books. You can't you can't no, make but, an but argument. E- I can make an argument that a Twilight that it's any worse than that because you're, no, you're no, saying listen, if someone reads, I'm saying the Twilight books are infinitely more stimulating than the Twilight movies. Infinitely. Because it it requires you to have an imagination. To visualize and, and to do. It requires that. Just because it's not, there's no like, there's no subtext to the writing right. doesn't mean it's not stimulating. And there's, when there's no when there's no subtext and there's no, there's no challenge with that movie. It's just sit down and n- numb your mind for two hours. Well, I, okay, I think with movies specifically, if that's what they're replacing with, yes, that's a problem. But there's tons of other ways to learn in this day and age. The internet has opened up right. learning I just, to I a just don't think it's people. happening for teenagers. Well, I, I think it's not happening for all, te- all teenagers. I actually did a story on a kid um, who started a website called Botangle. He's, he goes to school in Idaho. 
decided he didn't like his classes, started a website where you could learn about anything. You have people tutoring for everything from aerodynamics to That's pretty cool. yoga. Good it's awesome. Him. He was at the time Hon- 15. Honorary and Mensch. Yeah, Eric Finman. Honorary, honorary Finman? Mensch. Finman? Finman. <laughs> but long lost cousin. Yeah, long lost cousin. Anyway, my point is, is that I think for the people that are ambitious and the people that have the right. brain power, I that is still that you there. have to the really actively. I think it's much harder. I think you have to really actively seek it. And if you don't really actively seek it, it's hard to find. I wonder if it's going to hurt writers in a generation or two. Because we'll I, see. we both we both write for a living in at least some capacity and all of my writing is influenced by what I've read it has nothing to do with what I've watched it's a little and different you know for you, you because know what's you're really a, you're but, the, but you know what's interesting is that's the exact same case for me is that my writing is influenced not by the movies for those I who watch don't know, Jake is a it's not influenced by the movies I watch but the scripts that I read that makes sense and I and I think when I started in TV I didn't I didn't realize at the beginning how much writing was involved and yeah. it's the whole thing I can see that being the, the case. whole thing is right, and, and it's it's very it's a hard dilemma because simultaneously, why would a teen why would a teenager subject there's so m- there's a lot of like why would a teenager subject themselves to something that would have to challenge themselves when they can just as easily do right they can take the path exactly. of least resistance yeah why like wh- there's there's no reason for them to and so I would just chal- I would personally challenge and I don't know that this means anything <laughs> challenge people that are creating content to try and you know create a little bit of uh something that makes people think something that makes people think specifically uh people between the ages of 12 and 12 and 18 12 and 20 but that is also in in the defense of our school system that is also the time kids are reading a lot of different books in school they or or reading a lot of spark notes in school <laughs> yeah okay either way they're <laughs> yeah it's depressing but either way they're still learning and a lot of them are writing and yeah so I mean that might be I think I think for the most part in just I guess to bring this full circle is it hurting our kids? I don't think so because it I don't think so as much because like you said there's a lot of programming still for kids that are that are developing. For the I most don't part. think Young it's hurting teens, adolescents. It's I think it's hurting our the the teenagers. Well, I guess we'll see if we're still doing this podcast in 20 years. Maybe we'll have an update of this. Uh, <laughs> so check back in in uh, 2036. What a tease that is. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the final toast. This is the final toast. All right, Jake, who are you toasting? I'm final toasting 538's projection model. They gave Bernie Sanders a less than 1% chance of winning the state of Michigan, and (laughs) boy, were they proven wrong. Your boy, Nate Silver. What is he? That was was actually, I think, Harry Enton of 538 that was so aggressively going against Bernie. Well, Nate, Nate Silver tweeted that how could... He was shocked he was that shocked. their models were that wrong. Who do you have? My final toast goes to Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones put out a new trailer this week, oh, and it so looks good. sick. It was so I'm good. I'm really excited. How's that a... F- I don't, okay. I'm final toasting just... The absence of Game of Thrones? The absence of Game of, Th- Game of Thrones. I'm Goodbye so on board with that. absence of Game of Thrones. And I think that's probably going to do it for us. do it for us. Uh, like we always say, we'll do better next time. And stay toasty out there. Schmears the Deal is brought to you this week by Murray's Bagels in Chelsea of New York City and is produced by Jake Seawalk and Nick Feynman in association with Team Panther Productions. A special thanks to Mitch Hedberg and Seth Myers. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, or for more information, please visit schmearsthedeal.com. 